0: Welcome to the second installment of Black Music Matters. The previous podcast explained how African rhythm techniques led to the creation of all music the world knows as American music, music highly influenced by the rhythm techniques from the sub-Sahara region of West Africa, the region from where nearly all Americas enslaved were taken. This podcast is about how highly influential African dance was in the creation of of American popular social dance styles. Of course, millions of enslaved Africans were taken to the Caribbean and South America where they greatly changed the music and dance there. But for this podcast, we'll stick with social dance styles created in the United States of America. There was little innovation happening in popular dance or music before the end of the Civil War. But with emancipation, there came freedom to travel a major contributor to the spread of African-American music and dance, elements that would soon be embraced by white society. Before we look at the influence of African dance techniques in the United States, let's first consider how the white settlers were dancing during the first few hundred years of occupying this land. Since most settlers came from Western Europe, they practiced dance forms that were popular there, like the minuet, which was born in Italy but made popular by the French. The minuet was a graceful dance with six basic steps. Although the steps were simple, dancing the minuet was not so easy. It required good balance, strength, and coordination, for most of the steps were on the ball of the foot, just like the ballerinas danced before toe shoes came into use in the 1800s. European dancers, popular with the colonists, had much in common with the ballet—straight bodies with upward orientation. African dancers are more earth-centered, and though they sometimes danced on the balls of their feet, African dancers would likely be leaning their torso towards the ground. Many European dancers were very structured. Some were so choreographed that people needed to buy instruction books to learn the dance. Or for those who could afford it, there were professional dance instructors. There was little to no improvisation in European music or dance. Africans needed no dance manuals, for African children were taught from a young age the rhythms and dances of their community, and there was plenty of room for improvisation. African rhythm was much more complex than those of the Europeans. African music had polyrhythms, two or more rhythms happening at the same time. Individual dancers often moved to more than one beat at the same time. For example, a dancer might move his shoulders to one beat, hips to another, and knees to a third. Quite difficult to do. But then music and dancing in Africa was... A much bigger part of life than it was in Europe or the colonies. In Africa, music and dance was used to teach values, tell history, represent prayer. Certain dances were used to celebrate rites of passage, marriage, birth, death. Dance was used to communicate feelings and even to help carry out daily chores. When the enslaved Africans saw the Europeans dancing, the stiffness of the moves looked quite strange to them. Especially stiff was the Grand March, which was at the beginning of all big parties on the plantations. In the Grand March, couples paraded around in square formation following specific patterns, all to the beat of European march music. Back in the slave quarters, the Africans that got to see this dance mimicked the stiffness of the Grand March for others, putting on airs of importance while they also paraded around in square formation. Only they added twists, shuffles, high kicks, and other African dance movements. Whether or not the white folks knew they were being made fun of is not known, but we do know they enjoyed watching the dance, so much so that they often had their enslaved persons perform when they had visitors, these performances became a contest in which the best dancers received an elaborately decorated cake, and so the dance became known as the Cake Walk. After the Civil War, the big Southern balls ended, but the Cake Walk lived on, first in minstrel shows and then in dance halls, where it soon became the first black social dance to be accepted and adopted by white society. By the end of the 1800s, the march music that played on the plantations during the cakewalk was replaced by more exciting music, complex rhythms, ragtime music, developed by black musicians who mixed European march music with African syncopation and polyrhythms. One instrument, like the double bass, might play the steady beat of march music, while another instrument, perhaps a saxophone, would play a separate syncopated rhythm. The instrument that's most associated with ragtime music is the piano, and the king of ragtime was the African-American composer and piano player Scott Joplin. Ragtime piano players played two rhythms at once, a steady march rhythm with the left hand and a fast, bouncy, syncopated rhythm with the right. Polyrhythms, syncopation, African Rhythm Techniques. In the beginning of the 1900s, ragtime was the predominant style of American music, and the most popular ragtime dance was the foxtrot. Though the white dance team of Vernon and Irene Castle is given credit for making the dance popular in both the United States and Europe, Irene Castle claimed to have first seen the dance performed at an exclusive black nightclub. Then came jazz, a mixture of ragtime and the blues. One of the most popular dances of the Roaring Twenties was the Charleston, which for years had been a well-known dance popular in Southern African-American communities. At first it was performed with a simple twisting of the feet, but when the dance hit Harlem, a new version surfaced with fast kicking of the feet both forward and backward. In the 1930s, big bands and the swinging jazz music they played became very popular, and so did the new style of energetic dancing that went well with the music. Two of the most popular swing dances were the Jitterbug and the Lindy Hop, dances which incorporated steps from the Cakewalk, the Foxtrot, and the Charleston. Those big bands were really big, sometimes including as many as 20 musicians. Touring was an important part of making enough money to keep the bands going, but touring was expensive and became even more so after the United States entered World War II and the rationing of gasoline began. That and other factors led to the demise of several bands, but the musical excitement they created did not die out, thanks to Louis Jordan, a former big band singer and musician who created a big band sound with his small band called the Timpani Five, the hottest-selling black band of the 1940s. Jordan's style of music, labeled Jump Blues or Rhythm and Blues, influenced many early rock and roll bands, like Bill Haley and the Comets. The group credited with scoring the first number one rock and roll hit with their record Rock Around the Clock. Bill Haley and his Comets played music so similar to that of Jordan's, and the instruments in both bands were nearly identical. And both recorded for Decca Records, whose music producer, Milt Gabler, helped infuse Jordan's style into Bill Haley's records. Decca Records would sometimes put on its record labels the dance style that would go well with the music. The labels on Jordan's records said Foxtrot, and the label on Rock Around the Clock also said Foxtrot. Rock and roll and Foxtrot? I first thought, wouldn't a type of swing dance have been a better choice? But then I thought there were many styles of rock and roll dancing, and one of the early styles had the slow, slow, quick, quick steps of the Foxtrot. During the 1950s, creative youth had taken over America's music and social dance. The stroll, the twist, the pony, the Watusi, the mashed potatoes, the hustle, oh, so many dance styles influenced by African dance created in America and spread around the world. And the most improvisational dance of all was breakdancing. And in case you haven't heard, breakdancing has become an official Olympic sport, which will debut at the Paris Games in 2024. I don't know what the next popular style of American dance will look like, but I'm pretty sure it's being created right now by the young in the innovative black community. This is Arlene Corsano signing off and hoping you have time to add some moving to the music today.